Welcome to the Working Dog Depot podcast with your hosts, Rich Harden and Howard Young. All right, Howard Young, my friend. How are you doing, sir? Doing very well. How are you? Doing good, man. Long week of dog training here in the great state of Kentucky, man. We have opened that new location, and uh, luckily for us, uh, it opened uh, the whole month up full, so we are we did well. That's very good. I know I've been seeing lots, lots of posts of dogs graduating, and that's always a good sign. It is. You know, when you feed your family that way, it's always a good thing. So, yeah, it's going really, really well. Very blessed, for sure. Good. How about yourself? How's your dog teams? Dog teams are doing pretty well. We uh, got some interesting things on the horizon. I'm hoping they're going to come together. So I'm, I'm excited about this fall. And we also uh, have Eric Stanbro coming next month for a workshop, his e-collar class. Oh, nice. And if we get you up for that, that'd be great, too. But I know you're busy. We'll see. Okay. Yeah. Well, just shoot me the dates on that. We'll, we'll figure that one out, maybe. like to see Eric as well. Yeah. I think it'll fill up quickly. But All right. All right, so today we have a gentleman that I've known for a few years, and some of you would know him kind of as the face of Ray Allen Manufacturing, but we know him as Matt Wilson. Hey, Matt, how are you? Good, Mr. Howard. How are you, buddy? Very good. Welcome, Matt. How are you, sir? Doing great, Rich. How are you, bud? Good. Well, you know, after the HITS conference, or not HITS, uh, Hold the Line conference, I have to ask a question. This is just, other people are going to want to know the same thing. How in the world would you make a pair of pants on a bite suit to fit Howard? <laughs> okay, so this is this is actually an ultimatum that we've we've come down to at the shop, right? So what we typically do is we'll make a pair of pants for someone like me, a normal size human. And then what we do is I go right at the knee and then I just lop it off right there. Hand <laughs> the edge. You know, it's not going to be a nice hem, you know, because we do have to shorten it so much. But, you know, and then the cool part is then we can use, like, the bottom part of the pants for, like, his sleeves. Nice. Because then that will fit the sleeves there, you know. So then we're, we're not wasting material trying to make him a suit, you know, so, for all right. Very efficient. Very efficient. The garden <laughs> I've ever met in my life. <laughs> that, that had to be the funniest thing I've, I've ever seen. So that, that was you, – you played that off well measuring Howard out there in front of everybody and, and pulling that. Oh, yeah. That was, that was classic. It was good, it was good for sure. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got to tell you how I first met Howard. Yes, please do. Yeah, so I met Howard at hits. I don't know what, four years ago, five years ago, something like that. Somewhere in there. And, uh, we had just, you know, Mike was coming through and Mike Jones and, you know, we were working on the new suit and like making the semi comp and stuff like that. And so we had like the first one, one at the conference and it was just kind of sitting there and uh i've never met Howard. i had followed him online didn't know his name was howard thought it was turner and because it was just you know that i think it was canine turner when you first started trnr a trainer trnr trainer okay yeah yeah i did dyslexia buddy i know it was turner forever for me actually everybody knows here as Turner would so oh, okay yeah so I uh I'm literally talking to people and I'm having a conversation people are buying things and we're just doing this and I see him out of the corner of my eye because how can you miss the majesticness of Howard Young walk by 
and he's looking at the suit and I just went, Hey, and I like went like this and, you know, snapped at him and he like looked over. I was like, sorry, man, we don't make them in child sizes. So like, keep going. And he just was like, looked at me and I was like, Oh no, I shouldn't. I don't, I've never met you before. And that just came out. And then he starts laughing. I'm like, thank God. <laughs> I was like, Oh man, I that's probably, you know, cause I, uh, yeah, I have a PhD in talking trash. <laughs> I feel the need to go on record and say that all the attempts that you have made to embarrass me, make me feel smaller than I am, have failed miserably. <laughs> I just love the one picture where I'm I'm literally all oh, yes. yes, I have that picture. Yeah. yeah, it's probably one of my favorites. So it'll probably go with the podcast announcement when we send it out. So yeah, that's perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Good. Well, Matt, the the usually the very first question I always like to ask is, is what brought you into the dog world? You want the short version or the long version? Hey, it's we, we, it's it's up to you. You give us the version that you think is going to be most interesting for our listener. So when I was 15, my sister was in college and uh, she was going to school to become a zoologist. And so she was always working at the zoo and the wolf rescue. And I was always, I'd always kind of tag along because my dad, uh, he didn't like that. I was, you know, playing video games all the time and like not doing anything during the summer. So he was like, get a job and no one would hire a 15 year old. So I kind of tagged around with her a little bit. Once I became 16, I could actually get a job. And one of the rules that I always put for myself was, I'll never work in uh, food. I was always terrified of food. I just, I like, I love food so much that I knew if I learned how it was made, I, it would ruin it for me. So I just never wanted to work in a restaurant, never wanted to work in fast food or anything like that. And the only place I was hiring a 16 year old at the time was PetSmart. And so I got a job at PetSmart, became a cashier, was not made for that because I do not have like the, hey, do you have your PetSmart pet card? Yeah, okay, next person. Do you have your PetSmart pet card? Okay, next. I like I'm just not like that. And um, so I did that for a little bit and I was really just kind of no, I don't want to do this. And they were down a trainer and they offered me the trainer position. Everybody knows PetSmart dog trainers are tip of the spear, okay? So let's point that out. I was an operator, okay? No, but I went to their little school or whatever. And the thing that people have to understand about like you know, big box stores, Petco, PetSmart, stuff like that. The whole job of being there is not to train dogs, it's to sell classes, you know, because you're not only making hourly, but you're making commission on everything you sell. So like when I was 16, 17, 18 working there, I was making so much money, I didn't know what to do with it, you know, because like I can sell because I can just talk to anybody. And, um, you know, like, like, so to put this into perspective at the most, we could do was 12 dogs in a night and i didn't like more than about eight or nine in one class because the classes were fairly big but eight or nine people is a lot of people sure. and i would do that for you know five or six hours so you're looking at 60 people one night and i'm doing that five to six days a week mm. like and and without knowing that it's wrong right like i didn't know and i you know kind of continued the journey there i ended up getting them out because one of the clients had one sent me a picture of him in, like hanging off his pants and was like, how do I stop him from doing this? And I was like, I don't think you do. But I was like, you know, I had border collies like I had herding dogs. So I was like, dude, you need to praise that. Like, that's a good thing. You know, and this guy's like, what are you doing, man? Why are you telling me to do this? This is horrible. Tell him to stop. I was like, I don't think that's a good idea. Um, so anyway, he ended up selling them to me. 
and I, you know, like I bought them from him. I started, you know, training with him and, you know, I learned through like, you know, the internet pretty much at the time. I learned e-collar work. I learned pinch collars. I learned, you know, trying to figure out like how to make this little monster that like, you know, my border collie was a monster too, but he wasn't like that, you know, and we all know Mal's right. Like, so I was just like, you know, trying to figure out how to, you know, please this dog and make him something good, you know, a good companion, a good whatever. And then like, you know, he's like six, seven, eight months old. He starts kind of getting shitty with everybody, you know, and, you know, his balls dropped and he was like, oh, everybody gets to die today. You know, and I'm like, what in the hell is going on? I called up a friend of mine that, you know, uh, trained dogs in the military. I didn't know in the capacity how he trained dogs. And he was like, oh, yeah, you got a mountain wall, man. And I was like, what? You know, and I'm like, uh, okay. And then uh, I got in trouble because I was, I really started going into veteran stuff. And because I, I had this weird, like, I don't know what it was, but I had a guy come in that I realized he just wanted to talk. You know, we were training his dog, but he just needed someone to talk to. And so I would schedule like fake sessions and not charge him just so we could talk together. And it was a lot of fun. They did not like that very much. And um, they didn't like that, you know, I would hide a pinch collar on the mouth like all day because if I didn't, someone was getting hurt, you know, like and they, you know, and I was again, I was still young. I mean, I've been training for five or six years, but not at that capacity. And then uh, they kind of gave me an ultimatum and I was like, uh, I took off, started my own thing and then got like really, really into it. And I mean, I went as deep as possible, uh, you know, like bought everything I could off the Internet, tried to find any information I could, brought people out, learned from people, you know, and then I started getting a knack for it. And then that turned into working, you know, bite dogs and running in with people, at, you know, in the Army and with the local guys here. And, you know, and they're like, oh, you can catch a dog. And I'm like, what does that mean? You know, and they're like, yeah, just put on this suit, man. It's, that's good. I'm like, OK. And then, whack, you know, and then I'm like, this is awesome, you know, and they're like, you know, and they, they they tell me like, you know, I'm like, what do I do when I'm in there? And they're like, act like a criminal. I'm like, you mean like try to get them off? And they're like, yeah. I was like, OK, you know, so I'm just like dragging this thing around. I'm rolling around on the ground with them. And they're like, oh, OK. And I'm like, this is what you want, right? <laughs> like, And then, you know, so started doing all that. And, you know, I remember, you know, when I found like my niche and my niche was puppies. Like I could build a puppy, you know, like, and our good friend Ben Rader had a puppy Mal at the time that he brought over five or six trainers, including himself, you know, trying to get this thing to chase a rag, trying to get this thing to light up, trying, you know, like, and she was just like, oh, but look, there's a bird over there. And oh my God, there's this over here, you know, just didn't care. And uh, I walked up and he was like, see if you can do it. And I like, I just stared at her and she lit up and tried to murder me. And Ben was just like, you got a biteable face. Let's do this. So <laughs> that, that kind of was like the all in, you know, kind of like, oh, the, building dogs is my thing. So that was my favorite. I didn't really care about after, you know, once once they were, you know, like I used to tell people I used to have the worst business model in the world. I wanted to train your dog so good you never came back. And like I just I wanted to get the dog built, get the dog, maybe, you know, maybe do some you know, hey, on Saturday, once a month, we do bite work, come on out kind of thing. But I didn't want to keep that going. I really liked building dogs. That was my thing. So, yeah. So that's kind of the origin story of training for me. So I did that until 2020, kind of got rid of it. Um, I was burned out anyway. You know, it had been 14 years, 
and uh, a new trainer had come into town. It was kind of perfect timing. And she's a really good friend of ours. And she was working in a different state and came back. And I was like, here's all my equipment. Here's all my clients. Like, start, <laughs> you know, and have a good time. So it, it worked out really well. So very cool. Very cool. So is Colorado always been home base? Yeah. Born and raised four miles from where I'm sitting right now. On Ford so. Street. Yeah, yeah. I was born on Ford Street. I was born into Ray Allen's, you know, his his shop. You know, I was born in no. Yeah, I was born in Colorado Springs. I grew up in a place called Black Forest, which is still in Colorado Springs, but it's a very heavily wooded area. Grew up riding motocross. You know, I was the typical dirt kid, you know, snowboarding in the winter, motocross in the summer, all day, every day. And that's all I did until I was like 16, 17 years old. So well, I started training dog. Great place to grow up. Very, yeah, very love it. I told you that I visited Ray Allen Manufacturing probably, it was in the 90s, probably mm-hmm. mid to late 90s, just kind of on a whim. I was visiting with my mother who was living there at the time, and I said, hey, there's this place that I get equipment from. I wonder if they would let us come take a look, and I was able to get in and get a little tour, and it was it was cool. Yeah, you got to see it now. Yeah, I was going to say, I think people envision because of the magazines and because of the large footprint you all have, I think people envision a much, much larger facility. With- yeah, I think we're Walmart. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. You know? <laughs> and then, I mean, it's because we've done videos about showing people like in the back and like done tours. And it's so funny if someone comes in and they do a tour in person, like literally every time the reaction is, holy shit, it's made here. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right there. You know, like they're like, whoa. I'm like, I, man, what can I do? What can I do to make everybody know this? You know. Like, <laughs> so, so I don't want to. I don't want to get too far off the topic of your, your your history. I know that you. So you've done some sport work, but you've also delved into uh, search and rescue kind of stuff as well. And tell us about that. Yeah. So during kind of like the you know origin, which is also when I found Ray Allen. During kind of that origin, like I was just trying to do anything I could. I realized one thing every single day was I hated late bites. I, you know, like they were trash to me. And like, I was just like, cause in my mind, I was always thinking personal protection. Mm-hmm. And in my mind, it was like, oh, if a dog bites a shin, I'm just going to stab it. Like, you know, like that was where my mind went for if like dog came in for a shin. And then I went to a French ring thing and the dog trucked me and I thought blew out my knee. And I was like, okay, leg bites are actually pretty legit. Um, Especially get a good French ring dog. That dog will truck you. So, yeah, I did some sports stuff. Uh, It was never really my thing. The And I don't know if it's changed, just letting everybody know, like, I'm not, I mean, I'm talking trash, but I'm not talking trash about you in particular, the listener. But, like, back when, like, you know, I would go to sport trials and stuff like that, it was like, you get these three people on the sidelines and they'd be like, oh, my God, I can't believe that girl has that dog. Oh, that dog is just trash. Like, brr, 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 brr. And then I'm just like listening, just kind of sitting there. And then the dog would get off the field and like the girl would come up to those people because they were her friends and they would be like, oh, you did so good out there. Like it was such good progress. Like, oh, my God, it was great. Like, go take him for a walk. And then like they, you know, the girl would walk away and then they would be like, God, that fucking dog, you know, like, God, she's so bad. And I'm like, what the fuck? You know, and I'm just like, I don't want to be a part of this. 
like I don't want to be anywhere near this. I don't want, you know, like this is negativity I don't need in my life. So left the sports stuff pretty quickly, just stuck with personal protection, stuck with catching dogs and like just training, training, you know, first year stuff. Um, that was kind of my bread and butter. So I did that. I did join search and rescue here in Colorado. The big thing, the difference that everybody should understand is in the search and rescue world, you know, like let's say uh, you're in Kentucky, right, Rich? Yes, sir. You know, like there are hills there, you know, but there's not a mountain like we have. Right. You know? Absolutely. So, like, you know, your dog stuff is totally different from our dog stuff. And that's what's really difficult is that, like, I did search and rescue as an operator, like part of it. I did do search and rescue as a dog handler because there actually isn't a lot of search and rescue for dogs here. Um, unless it's like human remains detection or some, you know, like Alzheimer's patients where they, you know, walk away from the house or stuff like that. Really the stuff here or like a kid runs away. That's a, that's that's a pretty common one. But, you know, where you would see, you know, search and rescue, they're out daily almost in the brush trying to track something down here. It's all rope rescue. You know, it's all hiking and picking someone up off the trail that, you know, wrecked themselves and carrying them down. So I didn't do search and rescue in a dog. I mean, I helped with the team. Like I, I, I went to some trainings. I had some fun. And to be honest, by that time, I was pretty jaded with the training community because like I, you know, like with Ray Allen, one of the biggest things that I have trouble with is that like I like people and I like friends and so it's like like Lee with Modern Icon. Like, I love Lee. Like, he, you know, we call each other frenemies. You know, like we, we, you know, like we both make equipment. We can both survive in this space. It's fine. We don't have to hate each other. Like, you know, like the Hortons. Hortons are amazing people. Like, I love those two. You know, so it's like there's a lot of equipment people out there. And, you know, there's a lot of trainers, right? And, like, I had gotten to the point where I got so jaded with this community because, it was, I'm the best, I'm the one, I'm the guy, this is the new thing. And I'm like, you know, Karen Pryor was doing that in the 90s. You know, like, this guy's doing it in 85, like, calm down, you know, like. And that was like the joke between me and Matt, which is the jaded dog trainer, was, you know, everybody nowadays just recirculating, you know, and just naming it something cool. Right. Hashtag, blah, blah, blah. You know, so it's like, so... You know, it, it was lost on me. I didn't want to do it anymore. I was jaded by it. And so, like, it was it was funny because I went to the first training, you know, and they're, they're older, you know, they'd been training with the search and rescue group for 15 years. And I'm like, I don't want to deal with this. You know, like, I know this is going to be, you know, just mind-numbing, right? My way or the highway. There's no other way to hold a leash, you know, whatever. And and I go in there and the lady, Kim, that's running it, like she, you know, she's yelling at the handlers, let the dog do the work. Stop touching him. You know, and I'm like, I'm like, oh, I love you. Like, okay. I'm like, thank God, you know, there's still good people out there, you know, like, um, you know, and she was like, hey, do you have a suggestion for this right away? Like, hey, I know you got a bunch of, you know, time in canine, like, please let me know. I was like, awesome, let's talk, you know, so they were great. I mean, and they're an amazing team. So, so then I got less jaded because I saw that it wasn't what I saw on the internet every day. Wow. You know, so, yeah, so that was kind of, kind of, you know, I know that was long, but that was, you know, yeah. doing so the, the people that are doing that, that is a different mindset because there's there's a lot on the line. They're, they're not interested in scoring points. They're they're interested in saving lives. 100%. There's, there's a huge difference in where your head is. 
Well, and to remember that every every single U.S. based search and rescue group, mostly there's some out there, but every single one is a volunteer program, and you are on call 24 seven. 365 and you are expected at three in the morning when someone calls you and your beeper goes off to go, you know, and I, you know, like I started, you know, which is great. Uh, but I started having anxiety about it. You know, mm. I'd be on an airplane heading to hits and I'm like, you know, we get, you know, and my phone would, we'd take off uh, airplane mode and I get service and beep, 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 beep. And I'm like, I'm in a different state and I'm having anxiety because I can't go help the team. Yeah. You know, so like, and, and that's everybody that's every, you know, that's a lot of SAR guys. It's a lot of SAR gals that, you know, are out there working dogs and, or just doing mountain rescue stuff. Like it's, you know, like it's a hump. Like I give everybody credit that's ever done it. Like it's something that I, like, I, I was not expecting one to fall in love with it. Like it did, but also like to see people just sacrifice everything just so they could like save someone's life. It's funny you said that because I, I was thinking when you're waiting, you're on call. And in another life, previous life, I, you know, you, you know, I was a mental health professional and we we would pull on call duty for a week at a time. And this is back when we had pagers and uh, 24 he hours. A day. Zody said carrier pigeons. <laughs> <laughs> it was right after the carrier pigeon. But that the sound of a pager today, I'll bet if I heard it in the middle of the night, I would go from sound asleep to because you just never knew what you were about to get yeah. into and and there was never it was always going to be a long drawn out situation you're evaluating whether to take somebody's rights away or not in right. some cases and, and then finding a place for them to go it was just oh golly it was really stressful yeah but, yeah yeah ours would be like a guy walking up pike's peak in shorts and tevas and then he's like it's snowing and i don't have a jacket and we're like, you better keep moving or you will die. Yeah. And he's like, what? <laughs> we're like, keep moving. When you reach us, we will have gear. We're going to try to meet you. And we're just, I mean, we're going 80 up, you know, Pikes Peak Highway. And I don't know if you guys have driven that death trap. But, you know, we're going up that thing as fast as we can. to get. Yeah, so I definitely get that. Like, I hear the, like, something's beep. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, that's not me. That's not me. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> so, how did you come by Ray Allen? How did that, I never, I don't think I've ever asked you that story. So this is, this is one of those stories where, uh, you know, they really uh, wanted me to work for them and uh, they had, no, I'm just kidding. I'm not that cool. I've been buying equipment online. Okay. Now this is realize this is dumb. Okay. But I'd been buying equipment online, not knowing the rounds in Colorado. Okay. I just looked up and for some reason, the other guy, I hated his website. Yeah. So I never bought his stuff. I just, I just hated it. And Ray, you know, Ray Allen's really wasn't that much better, but at least like there were some color and some good photos. And I was like, okay, you know, I'm going to buy from this one. Right. And you know, everything else like four dog trainers or whatever was always overseas. And like the shipping was forever. So I was like, I'm just going to stick with this Ray Allen. Right. So I started buying stuff, buy a sleeve, buy a collar for the mouths, buy leashes, buy stuff. And one day I'm one of those people that like, it's really bad. I don't return things. Like, if I buy stuff and it doesn't work, I'm like, meh, whatever. And then I just f find the thing that I do want. Right. So I remember I, I get this box from Ray Allen. I open it. And I'm one of those guys that just tosses the receipt, you know, with the box. I'm like, once it's done, it's done. I made the mistake, you know, whatever. So I open the box. I get the thing out. I see the receipt. And I see that it says Colorado Springs. And at the time, I'd lived in Falcon. So that was not my address. And I'm like, that's weird. Why is it a Colorado Springs? And I Google it and it's four miles away from my house. 
<laughs> you are shitting me. Yeah. And I've been buying rail and equipment for like a year, having it shipped to my house, and then come to work here and listen to the shippers go, man, how stupid is this guy? He's like three miles away. And it wasn't me, but he would. they would say that about people that were ordering that were down the street from us. Like, why aren't they paying for shipping? They just, just come in here. That's so dumb. And they toss it. I'm like, yeah, they said that about me. Like, that was oh. me. <laughs> so then when I needed equipment, I then started coming in and buying equipment so I didn't pay for shipping. And um, the old CEO, he used to – the rule was we, are, we make equipment, we are not dog trainers. The reason was was because there was a big worry about what if we tell someone how to use something, it gets used improperly, they sue us. you know. And then it was just like – so we just don't tell people. So if they go, how do you use this? You go, find a trainer. How do you use this? There's trainers out there. Here's a list of people we like, whatever it was. I was in here one time buying something. There was a guy buying a wedge, asking about how to how to use it. So I was I was standing there explaining it to him. The 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 manager that is uh, his name's Billy. He's been here for 25 years. He's the manufacturing manager. He was listening to me talk. And once the guy left, he was like, Hey, do you want a job? I was like, Sure. And then I came in for an interview the next day and sired. And then I've worked here ever since. Very good. Yeah, like they were going to put me in customer service because that was kind of my background. And then uh, Billy, he said something, and I remember it very, very distinctly. He goes, you look like someone that wants to learn how to make this stuff. And I was like, that. And uh, he was like, cool, he's mine. And then I've been in the manufacturing and then also here at Rayon for nine years now. So. For those of you that don't know, he likes to manufacture his own shorts. Oh, they're really, Do you want to see them? Yes. <laughs> yeah. oh, oh, there we go. There it is. See? Hem them myself. No big deal. So typically, when I wear shorts, I get grief about how white my legs are. When we were uh, walking around together in Arizona, I did not feel self-conscious about my legs at all. You can find me at night. It's good. I'm real. I, you don't even need night vision. You can just see me. Like it worked. <laughs> I glow. So you've done, I don't know how much of this you can tell us. We, we toyed around with this the other day, but you, you had some involvement and I'm not even sure to what degree or how this unfolded, but you were involved with securing and possibly training some dogs for some movies. Hey folks, we're proud to have hold the line canine conference as a supporter and sponsor of the working dog depot podcast. Joe Lukowski and staff are already securing vendors and presenters for the seminar in April. That's April 9th, 10th, and 11th in a brand new location. That's right, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. We are especially excited about that. It's going to tra- cut our travel time in half, and there's nothing like being in the Carolinas in early April. That's Hold the Line Canine Conference. We're very much looking forward to being there and hope to see you all there. Thank you. Yeah, so we call it movie jobs. So with movie jobs, like typically what they're looking for is they're looking for whatever whatever they need to fit, right? So like stunt people, costume, like whatever it is. So we had a guy call us. He uh, was like, hey, I, I would like a tour. I'd like to speak to you guys about, you know, I'm, I work on movies with dogs. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. You know, I was like, what movie? He goes, can't tell you. I was like, oh, okay. You know, and I'm like. You know, and this is the, the problem with that is I, you know, I, I hang around with group guys all the time. And, you know, we know that, you know, if someone goes, I can't tell you, it's BS, you know? Yeah. So it was like, 
So I'm like, okay, whatever. You know, like, so I'm thinking it's actually bad. No, like, come to find out later, like, there's a not, you know, NDA that, like, will literally put you in the ground if, like, you break it, which is why I can't say all of this stuff. So, so I, uh, I was, he, you know, he, he was here for a couple hours. He was like, dude, this was awesome. I actually went to a bunch of different other people uh, to see if they could help me. And like, everybody was kind of standoffish. And like, you were just like, you just seemed like you're having a good time. And I was like, yeah, man, because that's just how I am. And uh, he was like, cool, bought a bunch of stuff. And then it was like, see you later. And like, that's the end of what I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. And then I happened to be at Hits and I get a phone call and he was like, hey, like, you want to come to California? I was like, what? He's like, yeah, uh, you want to come? I'm like, I'm not even in Colorado right now. I'm at a conference. I get back like Saturday. He goes, cool. Can you fly out Sunday? And I was like, sure. And I like look at the boss. I'm like, can I leave? And he's like, he's like, yeah, just whatever, whatever they need. I was like, okay. So I just send him my license. So he gets me a plane ticket and land in LA. This is great. You know, it's the best, best place ever get an Uber. Like it was just, you know, and I'm trying to figure this out. I had no money at the time, you know, like I, I, I had, you know, just trying to like, just piece together, you know, and I finally like get to the place. They take me into this room and they're like, here is this novel. And they're like, sign that. And I'm like, what? And they're like, sign it. Pretty much what it says is if you post anything about what we did or tell people how we did these things for the entire length of this series, then there can be up to a $15,000 fine. And I'm like, I have $100 to my name. You know, and I'm like, <laughs> you know, so I'm like, absolute panic. And that's not really like the number or anything like that. Uh, but, that you know, but it wasn't, you know, like they, it's a scare tactic. I mean, you know, like they use it because they like it is very secretive how they do things to make things happen on movies you know, to make the explosion happen, to make the thing. So, and there's a bunch of companies that bid for it. And so if you have like, let's say a company that has these dogs and has these dogs, they're bidding on it and they go, well, we can do that. And this is how we can do it. And then they go, well, we can do this. And this is how you do it. And this is what it costs. And then they're going to bid. Right. So they kind of hand this out. And, and what they had told me was someone had already posted a photo and got in trouble. So don't do it. And I was like, cool. Absolutely. No problem. I work with them. It was awesome. It was pretty cool. I met a bunch of people that I was like, <laughs> and you know, and they're like, act professional. Don't take selfies. I'm like, I'm not a selfie guy. Don't worry. Like, I'm not trying to, you know, get my 15 seconds of fame with someone else. Work with the dogs. It was a lot of fun. We made equipment that uh, had never been done before. And the coolest thing in those movies is those dogs are actually biting people. It's not CGI'd in. Um, you know, like there was a show, The Old Man. Yeah, which was awesome. I, you know, I love Jeff Bridges, like, you know, um, but those dogs, like the the bite scenes are CGI'd and, you know, and it's like, it's one of those things where it's like, it's, you can tell, right. And like for a normal person, it doesn't matter, but like for us, you know, and like, so it was, it was really cool. The, the, the backlash of it was a little weird. Um, I, you know, I took that pretty personally because it was like, people were like, well, I didn't like the bite work and I didn't like this. And I'm like, you know, and then I had to be like, it's fine. You know, like, I'm not the one that did it. I'm not the one that filmed it. I'm not the one that, you know, like, I was just like, they call me a canine expert. Like, that's all I was. And I was like, Whoa, that's far out of the range, man. I was like, you meant this. Like, I'm not, I'm not, you know, that cool. So, yeah, so we did that. And um, that led to working with him again for uh, this one we can't talk about, which is Dog the Movie with Channing Tatum. That was a pretty, that was a really fun project. Same dogs, 
in that one. And uh, it was pretty cool, you know, having those conversations. They used everything, like they used all my personal gear because they needed it to look like it had been worn and used. So, you know, we had a bunch of harnesses that we had given, like I gave a couple to like group and a couple, and I was like, just run the dogs in them, like let them roll around. Like I just need them to look beat up a little bit. So they helped me out with that, which is cool. And they did, you know, work on that movie. And that, that was actually really fun because those guys like, those guys were awesome. Like it was, it was awkward having a conversation with, you know, the, the tech guy that is, you know, running the equipment and running the dogs, you know, and I'm hearing, you know, Channing Tatum in the background being like, yeah, ask him if I can buy this suit, you know, because like <laughs> he had my personal suit. And then I was like, has he get has he gotten bit in it yet? He goes, no, I was like, wait till he gets bit. And then like, <laughs> because I had nothing in my suit. Like I, I had my suit made with nothing in it besides like a thin layer and then i just put gauntlets under and that's what i always used and i I, he took a bite and was like holy shit (laughs) 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 and uh um he was like oh man and i was like yeah it's uh it's brutal dude and he was like absolutely it is he was not expecting them to be able to do that and it's kind of like anybody that you know does it for the first time you know it's just you know they get trucked and they're like how does a 60 pound thing hit me like that so it was, you know, but that one was a lot of fun. That was very entertaining for me. Yeah, so like very, very cool. That's really you know, cool. a once in a lifetime experience, but that's really cool. Yeah, and and the funny part is, I I always thought it was over, and then some uh, like another thing happened, like well, another, another one. It happened again, so that's that's really yeah, cool. Exactly. So that's awesome. And opens up doors, and people discover that you're easy to work with, and right. Yeah, the one thing that I did learn is uh, their time. Yeah, I, and like this was, you know, like if anybody knows me, this is kind of a joke for Mike and anybody else that I talk to is that I, I, your time limit and my time limit are two different things. So like, if you're like, Hey, I need this, I will get it to you, but it will be at my convenience, you know, like, or when I remember, or when the ADHD isn't taking over and, um, you know, and like I learned on a movie job, when you say it's going to be there Monday, it better can be there Monday. You know, yeah. or you know, because they're planning million dollars, you know, to shoot this fifteen-second increment, right? You know, and like none of your shit. <laughs> and I was like, oh, like you meant that it had to be their Monday. And they're like, yeah. I'm like, my apologies. I will get better at that. I am sorry. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, so yeah, that was the that was kind of the the hard one. But you know, I learned that, and you know, and then the coolest thing is, you know, my name was in the credits on that dog movie, and I was just like, oh, okay, that that feels really cool. Yeah, you know, like that. Cool. That was that was you know, and it was just like, okay, I did my job. That was what I wanted. So yeah, it was cool. Very neat. So you guys have been doing some collaboration. We had Mike Jones on and, you know, we, we love Mike too. And I've been on his dogs, dogs and drinks, drinks and dogs, drinks and dogs. but you uh, do, you've collaborated with him on some equipment. The origin story of Mike Jones and me is pretty funny. One, I opened it up with talking shit. Of course, it's just who I am as a person. Cause I, I just don't take it seriously. You know, everybody, you know, like, like how I saw it in canine is like their job is serious enough. You know, like everything else doesn't have to be that serious. We can at least enjoy what we're doing. And, you know, I, I I hit up like four or five different accounts that had a pretty good following at the time. You know, we were probably at like 10. He was at 12. There was a couple other ones. And, you know, 
East Coast, West Coast that I didn't know, but I was just hitting them up, right? And I was doing the social media thing, trying to see who I could get to like post our gear and then send it to, you know, so they could send us followers and do that social interaction BS, right? Everybody that we hit up, it was like, hey, a post is this much money or this, this, and like, you know, we'll do this and we'll tag you. And I'm like, no, I want you to use it. Like, I actually don't actually care if you post about it. I would rather know if you like it or not. And everybody was just like, well, it's this much money for this. And then, you know, this is how many followers. And, you know, and I'm like, okay, you know, and then I hit up Mike and Mike's like, holy shit, the Ray Allen is hitting me up right now. And mm. I was like, yeah, man, like I, you know, like I've actually watched your stuff for a long time. Your YouTube videos are awesome. You've been, you know, you've been putting out content for 10 years on dog stuff. Like, you know, I, I, you know, I like what you do. Like, do you think, you know, like maybe we could, you know, like I could send you some gear. Let me know. I'll send you a care package. Started out with that. And he was posting me every day. Like, oh, look what I got from here. You know, and I was like, okay, like that's pretty cool. And then um, he, I, I had always, I, I like I said, I had a border collie. And that little bastard would find any scrap of food that I left in my pants or my hoodie pocket from training. And he would just tear the hoodie pocket off and just get the treats or rip holes in it or whatever. And so I had always thought about like, how do I line pockets? And Mike called me and was like, hey, have you ever thought about making a pouch that goes inside of your pants pocket? And I was like, yes, let's do that. And so then that was born. And the best thing about it was like, we were doing it, you know, Mike was unknown to the people here. He was unknown to like, you know, and I was just kind of running behind the scenes, like, Hey, I think this is a cool new product, you know? And like, Mike did not want a thing out of it at the time. You know, he wasn't like, Hey, you know, like, well, for my IP, like, and I was just like, you know, like I'm not, you know, because we've all three worked with someone that has done that before. You know, Mike was just like, Oh dude, like, this is so cool. Like, I get to think of things and like you can make it because like I think that's really actually like most dog trainers dreams because you guys all have some kind of contraption that you thought up over the years but just didn't know how to put it together. Right. You know? The problem is, is that half the time we get contacted by those kind of guys and they're like, okay, you need to sign an NDA first and you need and I'm just like, oh, okay, no, 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 I'm good. And they're like, what? I'm like, this is a partnership. We're here to work together. I want this to be symbiotic. Like, I don't, I, I don't want this kind of stress. Plus, if you're making me do that right now, I can't imagine, you know, that you're going to be like, hey, in two months, this is what we're looking at. I'm just like, I'm good, man. So Mike was always super chill. And then that came with like other ideas. I was like, hey, what do you think about this? And, you know, that's where like the primal gauntlets came into effect, you know, and then and then the pocket pouch turned into dude, a hoodie one would be dope okay, now that we have a concealed hoodie, like, let's make this sweatshirt so we have, like, sweet streetwear, but also, like, you can train a dog in it. So, like, everything was on the idea because, like, I don't know about you guys, but when I started training dogs, I mean, you would think I was going into Iraq. Like, I had a battle belt with every pouch and everything that ever could be on it. You know, like, I it had dangly things on it. I had extra leashes. You know, like, I had a training vest. I had I was cool, okay? And then by the end of training, I would literally just use a hoodie. Like, that was right. all I trained in. So that was where the origin of this was because he was the same. When he started, he was had all the cool Gucci stuff, and it was cool. And then now he has his pockets. So, you know, we really wanted to make it for, like, us and then then send it to other people because I think that's the most important part about inventing things is, you know, it's like the, the uh, dog trader fanny pack. 
I did that because I wanted it, not because I was making it for other people. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so that was that's kind of how our thing, and then it's just kind of gone. You know, we sponsor Street League now. You know, we are a big part of that. You know, we've done obviously podcasts and stuff together. Um, Mike is a content king when it comes to making videos. He's got a whole team that's just absolutely incredible, and you know, and then we post those videos like it's yeah, it's great. So yeah, well, I have a suggestion. We need a summer weight hoodie so we can transition. When the, you know, when it gets warm, we can still use our hoodies. So a summer weight hoodie? Yes. Okay, so what I, I'm still using the same hoodie, but yeah, it's, but you do it in the '80s. You do a crop top. Yeah, okay? we can do that. So just I want to see Rich out there with just a crop top sweatshirt for the I summer. Can do it. Okay, just let me know. Okay, and then we'll just, I'll just get a we'll signal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, Howard already does that. <laughs> well, it, you know, you can make it with like a zipper, so you can just like zip it on for when it gets cold, and then when it gets hot, you just got the crop top, man. You just run it. No, just a long sleeve summer weight hoodie with a pocket. Now, that's what we need. Tell them. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, we we actually did uh, we did the summer uh, incog shirt this year yeah. with Mike's front pouch, back pouch. We had, we did those shirts that are uh, like thicker, you know, so they actually held some rigidity to them, and they worked pretty well. The only problem with it was that you couldn't really put weight into it because once you put weight into it, it just started doing that, and that's, which I hate. I can't stand that either. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> Exactly. But, you know, and then that led to, you know, the cool part about and then, you know, collaborating and then we collabed with um, Nesbeth, you know, and that was, you know, that was through Mike. You know, he he called Mike and was like, do you think they would entertain this? And Mike was like, I don't know. Here's his phone number. And he called me up and I was like, yeah, man, we can do whatever you want. Like he was like, oh, it's that easy. I'm like, yep. (laughs) We work details. It's business. It's, It's just like you training a dog. If I was sending you a dog. You know, it's the same kind of concept. So very nice. So yeah. who are your largest subscribers or, or customers? I, I would I'm just assuming it's gonna be police and military. Yeah. yeah. Because they've got the bigger budgets. Yeah, police and miller are our bread and butter. Like this time of the year is crazy for us, right? Because this is when the budgets end. So they're all spending last minute money as fast as possible because if they don't, they're not going to get it again. Right. So contract season is a thing. Um, that's one of the things that I do here uh, with another guy. I do a lot of contracts, a lot of contract signing uh, bids and everything like that. Uh, most police departments are going to portals now, which is like, thank you for that headache. Because now I have to have a login for every portal, for every county and every state. And it's awesome. Um, so anyway so that's kind of fun but yeah it's police military you know border patrol is giant you know we work we work really closely with like you know most of the time it's it's friends also you know because like like secret service is a big big one for us we love those guys um they've been using gear forever the secret service dog that retired the handler's name's marshall dog's name is hurricane they're in colorado springs now you know, so like a lot of, you know, so he pushes a lot of that stuff. Obviously the mill stuff. I know a lot of mill guys. I work, you know, I, we used to do a lot of, you know, fun stuff and bite work and normal everyday things. And I know a lot of those dudes. So yeah, I just, you know, police and militaries are bread and butter. And then in 2020, the civilian market really popped for us. And we started doing, you know, a lot more videos and a lot more things, which went out to those people. And that's been really interesting. And like, you know, things that I wasn't expecting, like uh, Annie poaching in Africa, you know, and and really, you know, making gear for 
you know, Zimbabwe and from Mozambique that a dog can be in all days and, and they're not going to overheat in it, um, you know, but also, you know, they can pick them up and throw them around and do whatever they're doing, you know, and like poachers over there have what's called panga swords. So like there's these giant swords that they cut, you know, that they try to hack off like the rhino bone and stuff like that. So we made like top covers that are not ballistic, but they're lightweight stab proof material that just like plop down on the top of the harness. So when they send the dog, you know, the dog is protected. Like it's, you know, there's a lot of stuff that like became really interesting the last couple of years for me that wasn't just mill, wasn't just police. And that, that's been the coolest part of me is like figuring out like, what can we bring to the market? That's not specifically, you know, mill or, you know, anything like that, but like that people, you know, want or like, or, you know, like the dog trainer fanny pack or, you know, the, the these harnesses for the guys in Africa or that kind of stuff. So. Well, I can tell you one of the things that I that I appreciate. Uh, now, I've always appreciated the equipment, and I've been buying equipment a long time. But when when I see the Ray Allen booth at these conferences, I know that that is going. We're going to have fun, right? And and I think you know we've had that conversation that you want the booth to not only attract people because you're selling gear, but just to have some fun, bring a little levity to the, to the conference. And that's always the case. And I, and you're, you're a very big part of that. So uh, that's definitely one that I appreciate. Well, I bought the first piece of rail and gear in 1996. Yeah. It's been been a minute or two. So we don't, we don't go anywhere else around here. So. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you want to go to a company that's got integrity and that's important. You know, we, we've you know, stayed you guys from the beginning. We don't go anywhere else. I'm sorry. Say it again, Matt. You cut out. Well, I mean, no, I mean, like I said, Hortons is great. You know, like definitely buy gear from Hortons. You know, oh, yeah, like, and I do. You know, they're they're amazing humans. You know, and like there's other companies that the thing for us is that we want people to choose us because we make the best equipment. We take care of you the best, and we do the best that we can. You know, and it's funny because you know, just like we've all had those people that you know clients that we had to fire. You know, like we, you know, like we deal with that too. You know, sometimes we're like, hey, our equipment just isn't for you. And that's okay. You know, like I'm totally fine. If you want this guy's other guy's equipment or this gal's equipment, that it's so much better. Please buy it. Please support them. You know, like it's totally fine. It's okay. There's enough. There's a piece of pie for all of us. I promise. You know, and I think that's what you're talking about. Like with hits, man, like. You know, people there are so serious. Their life is just so hard. I mean, just everything is just so. And it's like, whoa, this is fun. You know, like it's cool. You know, you can go up and yell at Mike Ritland. You know, you can you know try to touch Will Chesney in a in a weird way. It's awesome. I mean, you know, like Mike every year. You know, Mike Jones puts out a hit on me every year to get sack tapped. You know, and he just keeps making the prize more and more. And people are like, yeah, we're gonna get you. I'm like, yeah. I witnessed you fall victim to that. Oh my goodness! Yes, that's awesome. You thought I was going to do it, but I'm not the guy that's going to walk up to somebody. But, See, yeah, but you're you're like a sneaky little lawn gnome, man. You're like you just stand there. I don't know what's going on, and then I just whack, you know. And like, do you see those mitts you got? Like, I don't have children, but after you, I'm definitely not having children. Like <laughs> bear claws, jeez, man. <laughs> oh goodness! So Matt, what's next for you? What do you got going on? Me or Ray Allen? You? We? I don't yeah, want you. to hear about Ray Allen. You? Uh, I mean, I'm I'm having fun. I uh, I started another little side niche company 
that does like some shirts and patches and you know kind of gun culture dog culture gear ben told me that you do drawings most of like the newer ray like if, you, if you've seen some of the newer ray allen shirts that were like the one-offs they're like specialty i drew those Oh, so cool. like I, I have a lot of fun with drawing. Like I was an artist when I was young. College ruined me uh, for it. Uh, I mean, I'll take that responsibility. But yeah, I mean, I was just like, I love the way that I draw, and they're like, it sucks. Change that. And I'm like, no. And it made me hate it for a long time. And then I finally, when I when I got an iPad and I could draw again, like oof. Like I've been draw. Yeah, I draw like crazy. So mm-hmm. so yeah, doing that. Uh, obviously, Ray Allen stuff. We got some bangers coming out next year you guys are going to like um some of you guys saw the harnesses at hits uh so that's going to be one of the new ones that you guys will see well we're going to start uh putting those out and you know into the interweb so you guys can see all that stuff and some fun stuff but yeah i'm just uh i'm chilling i uh i, I love what i do you know i we always say it as a joke, but if we cut me open, it would just say Ray Allen as it like poured out of me, you know, because like I definitely bleed this company. I love it. You know, I'm from all 40, 44 people that we have from the CEO up and all the way down. Like they love what they do. I mean, like we literally get to do arts and crafts every day and I get to design and build and invent things that I've never seen before and see if they work. And then I get mad cause they don't. And I'm like trash, you know, and then <laughs> Matt calls me and goes, Hey, the first one always sucks. And I'm like, shut up, leave me alone. I know it sucks. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so, you know, I get to do that. And, you know, I, I been, God, what's her name? Suma fit. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yes. Chris, Christine. Christine. Yeah. yeah. I almost said Christine. I was like, I know it's close, but I know it's not that. Yeah. She was like, you know, she's like, hey, you can start working out. And I was like, Jesus, was that a fat joke? Like, what the <laughs> and she goes, no, 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 no. I just like, if you if you need help with anything. And I was like, no, that's a fat joke. It's fine. So now I'm working out. It's like, thank you, Christine. Rude. <laughs> but yeah, doing a lot of that stuff. Lots of drawing, you know, lots of just art. Like, I'm just, I after the dog stuff, you know, I really wanted to slow down. I, you know, like when I was doing dogs and ray allen i was at ray allen at 6 50 or 7 a.m and i would get off at four and i'd go right to the compound at five o'clock and i'd be there until 9 p.m i do that monday through friday and then all day saturday and sunday i'd just sleep all day you know and do it all again and i finally wanted to like i'm a big movie guy um love movies so like i want to go home and just put on a james bond movie or you know the mission impossible or indiana jones or whatever like i love movies so i like to go home and do that draw you know sit there and hang out go out to dinner i love cooking you know i love that kind of stuff obviously having a scar with howard is probably you know that's top notch right there but (laughs) yeah that's kind of you know making cool stuff like your cigar pouch that is awesome. I'm so proud of that. You know, I brought it with me to hits. I love the fact that it's what maybe one of two. You have one, and I have one. Yeah, yeah. Very nice. Very cool. Well, I'm still waiting for the the dog trainer fanny pack to come back in black multicam. So, oh, it's on. It's in. Okay. All right. I got. I got to get. Get walked by that on the shelf, so I know it's in stock. Okay. I, I got to pick one of those up. So this uh, is. Gonna, you send me your address. I'll just send you one, Rich. Oh no no no. <laughs> Off the. Uh, off topic, baby. What, tell us about your summer drink. My what? Your summer drink. You had a Ooh, special summer yeah. drink. Okay, it's not special. It's really, really simple. It's called the Dark and Stormy. Okay, so I got I got a really big the last year Ernest Hemingway kick. 
They've been reading a lot of his books, you know, a lot of like his lifestyle and like just like, you know, hunting in Africa and like the plane crashes and all this kind of stuff. So that all kicked off because I had met for a brief like, hey, nice to meet you. I follow you on social media. Keep up what you're doing. But I met his great, great grandson. And so I, um, I, I really got into it and people started sending me, you know, once they heard that I liked, you know, because I mean, who doesn't like Ernest Hemingway, but like they started sending me like Ernest Hemingway books and his drinks and his thing. And one of the drinks that he had, uh, when he was down in Cuba is called a dark and stormy, which is a, a dark rum mule is the easiest way to explain it's just ginger beer dark rum some lime i you can fancy it up with bitters and do stuff like that but that's pretty much all it is and it is light it's crisp it's delicious and it will get you feeling real saucy so yeah so that's my summer drink you know because the the other thing too is that i don't know if this is correct in my mind it could be correct but like a jack and coke seems it's dark and it's heavy to me you know, where the the light ginger beer lightens it up for me, and I, I just I like it a little bit more. So, yeah, Dark and Stormy, check it out. It's delicious. You know, I, I like those. Uh, I'll, I'll do a, like, I, I'm not I'm not ashamed to be like a mimosa in the morning, you know, over brunch is delicious. As long as you do it correctly, you know, all champagne, like <laughs> orange juice. Scotch, <laughs> orange. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's the only way to do it correctly. But, um, you know, like, it's delicious. Like, I love that. Like, I, I've just been, you know, like, it's so funny because, you know, it's typically sipping whiskey, right? Or, like, you know, I, I, I don't really I, – I drink beer every once in a while, but it's it's just too heavy for me now. I'm old, I'm old like Howard, and um, I have digestive issues like, you know, any person that hit 30 in the last 30 years. So, <laughs> Love you, Howard. But yeah, so I just, you know, I, I try to keep it light. Mixed drinks are just easy for me. So I like drinking that. And yeah, so I, I enjoy that on a on a nice hot day in Arizona where it felt like we were in an oven. <laughs> that was so bizarre. We were sitting there smoking a cigar and we would feel this. Well, it was a breeze, but it was Rush. not like a breeze that we'd ever felt before because it's like somebody opened up the convection under, oven door. That's exactly what it felt like. You're just outside <laughs> open the door, and it was like, Whoa. and you're like, Ugh. and then it wouldn't go away. And you're like, why am I trapped in this? Ugh. Yeah, place was dark. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, good deal. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to sit down with us, and Absolutely. I think we've got a, a little bit more of the, the real Matt Wilson and not just the face of Ray Allen. But Well, at least you know my name, which is nice. Yeah, people call you Ray. Oh, they're like they're like Ray Allen. I'm like, well, he died in '91, <laughs> um, but I I work there. Yes, you know we uh, we're coming out with our 75th. Actually, I'll I'll show you guys. Do you guys post this as a video too? We don't, but we're okay. we need to we need to start doing that. Yeah. So like uh, yeah, that's the oh dog. yeah the dog father. Very interesting. Ah, that's clever. So yeah, I have a shirt. That I got from you at Hits in that no was it Hits no it was Hold the Line that has yeah. uh, it's kind of like a oh goodness how does it set up it's set up like a concert tour shirt yeah and yep. it actually has Ray Allen on a horse yep yeah because that was that was what he originally was he was uh he made saddles and bags and everything for the donkey and horse brigade at Kit Carson wow. Um, wow. 
they brought dogs in in 1947 they uh they asked him to uh make a collar and a leash for new handlers and when a new handler came in they give they would get given a dollar and then they would go to ray's shop and give him a dollar and he'd give them the leash and collar and uh it well that ray allen started okay that's a great story the old bite suits and you know like i got the up oh, there it is you know old bite suit up there from the yeah. 70s you know one of my favorite photos is we got a photo of muhammad ali using one of our bite suits yeah because uh, yeah because um he uh he would just like you know he would get bit you know he'd get bit and he would fight his dog before a fight because then it would get all his nerves out because he said fighting an animal that doesn't care about you is way worse than ever fighting george foreman <laughs> pretty legit. <laughs> it's pretty yeah. legit. Yeah, so we got Very some history for sure. Oh wow! All right. Well, thanks for taking the time with us, Matt. And we'll we'll definitely be in touch. Absolutely. Well, man, thank, thank you so much for coming on, man. So, thank yeah, you absolutely. Sorry, I talked the entire time to the listeners. You're welcome. Okay. That's, You're. Welcome they don't want to hear us anyway. They want to hear guys like you. So that's good. Thank you. <laughs> thanks, guys. Good deal. Appreciate you. All right, Howard Young. That was a great episode, man. Matt Wilson, Ray Allen Manufacturing. Nice guy. Really appreciate him coming on. Great story. Love the story of how Ray Allen started. I hadn't heard that before. Yeah, very interesting. You know, they've been around a long time. We've, uh, I know my sons remember, of course, they're they're much older and out of the house now, but they remember getting Ray Allen magazines or catalogs when they were little boys. So they've been a part of our household for a long time. Very cool. What what do we got tonight, bourbon wise? There, my friend. We have Peerless, which is a new one. No it's no repeats new. tonight. Peerless. Well, it is a. It's got some heat to it. It does. But it's smooth. I'm drinking it neat today, tonight. I'm I'm so very proud of you for not ruining our, our glass of bourbon. Yeah, and it's been sitting here getting some air. It has got some heat. <laughs> it does. If you like a little bit of in-your-face bourbon, folks, it is a good bourbon, and it's smooth, a little pricey, but, uh, you know, still still on a, on a spectrum of affordable. Yeah, I had a little bit of a difficult time finding it locally, but it is a good one for sure. It's very tasty. Well, anything else to add? Nope, not at all. All right, my friend. Well, as always, here's to the hair of the dog that bitcha. Very good. Thanks so much, you guys, for following along, supporting us, and listening to these wonderful conversations that Howard and I are just blessed to have each and every day. We'd like to thank and support all of our first responders, police, fire, EMS, and our military for once again holding the line, keeping us safe. Stay safe, brothers and sisters. We love you. God bless, and God bless America.